Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Tanya. Hey, Kathleen. How are you? I'm fabulous. It's been some time, right? There's been a lot going on. And you're super excited to be leaving off on a trip tomorrow. Yeah, we're taking 25 people to Ireland. So we're pretty excited. We won't get there. We leave tomorrow afternoon and get there the following morning. But it'll be pretty good. We've got 25 people that are going on a private tour with us all around the whole island. So we're doing Ireland and we're doing Northern Ireland. So we're doing both countries. So I'm excited. Very good. Yeah. Exciting. You want to tell everyone your big news? I'm a Mima. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grandma and I'm real excited about it. Little baby Walker John was born the 28th of September. He was a couple days early by induction and doing pretty good now. And he's a cutie. He's a cutie. <laughs> Every baby's cute, but yeah. when they're yours, they're extra special cute. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it fun to snuggle up with a baby, you know, after your babies? Because our babies don't stay babies very long. So, oh my gosh, yeah, you forget how little, right? Yeah. You forget and, how tiny. And just how special and precious it is to have them snuggle into your neck and just like sleep there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a special kind of good. It's a special kind of good. So what are we talking about today? We are talking about dreams. And when we were talking about doing this, I mean, there's so many different ways we can go off on dreams. So when we started talking about dreaming, I think we decided right away it would probably be a two-part. There's just way too much to talk about when Mm -hmm. you think about the concept of, first of all, what are dreams? What are dreams made of? Why do they happen? What's happening? And, Mm -hmm. you know, what's their association in our world to like yoga, spiritual guidance, spiritual awakening? you know, download information, what's the connection with the pineal gland to meditation and how close is it related, daydream to night dreams kind of thing. And then on the flip is everybody wants to know, well, what did the dream mean? (laughs) Right? And so there's no way we could talk about all of that information and give some, you know, clues into, you know, concepts Mm -hmm. as well. And I've had so many people tell me, well, I don't dream or I, I never, I never remember my dreams but science tells us that we all drift off to dreamland every night and you know it's a great way to work out the problems that we have in our lives so if you really set and start recording your dreams and journaling about your dreams you can generally find some kind of a thread it oh, might not be obvious but 100%. there's mm-hmm, usually some kind of a thread there's been research that estimates that the average person spends about two hours dreaming per night now, I personally, I think I sometimes wake up more exhausted because I dream so vividly and I forget them pretty fast unless I start thinking about them when I wake up. But so I, it would be nice to think that I only dream for two hours per night. So then maybe I actually am sleeping some. Yeah, I think there's an interesting concept there because I think it's important to reiterate your discussion of the difference between people saying I don't dream at night versus I don't remember my dreams. 
dreams Mm -hmm. because everyone dreams. But to your point, if you're not giving yourself tools or learning how to journal or learning how to recall or learning how to dream anchor or wanting to even, some people don't Mm -hmm. want to remember their dreams and that's fine. Like you and I are more interested in maybe what's being, uh, what information we could pull from those dreams. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's interesting though, because, you know, dreams themselves are really just reiterations of our subconscious or constructs of our brain movement. And we talk about brain movement in yoga all the time. Like what's the chitta? What's the, what's happening in your mind as you try to settle? And for me, I tend to dream very vividly right as I'm dozing. Mm -hmm. And then again, very vividly the next morning, like as I'm rising, specifically if I snoozing a lot, like setting, Mm -hmm. uh, setting the snooze because you're just in a much lighter sleep. And sometimes don't you love it when you have these dreams that you don't want them to stop, you know, and then I always try to go back and start that dream up again. And it never does. But the dreams that I want to go away, they just keep coming back. So it's usually something that I've got to deal with. So even so if we've we've both decided that we all do dream, but we don't really know why we dream. But there is a lot of science that backs a connection between dreams and our emotions. And some scientists think of sleep and I love this so much as a data dump, a time to process all the information and the memories that we've collected during the day. And dreaming is kind of a byproduct or an active part of that. I do think for people that are creatives, if you do track your dreams, if you journal about them, if you get up and even if you have the most stupid dream in the world, if you get up and write it out or even voice memo it out, it can help with some of your biggest breakthroughs in your creativity. And it helps you get over that inhibition or that feeling of imposter syndrome, which we'll be talking about in a few weeks. Mm-hmm, Even but. if the dream literally like jumps from here to there and you're like, how did I get from you know, <laughs> being at my grandma's house making cookies to, you know, running down the street naked or, you know, like what, how, or being stuck in my high school hallway, not being able to remember my locker combination, like, mm-hmm. right, like all those common things. And I always think it's interesting when when my husband and I talk about dreams, my husband, this is very telling, my husband always dreams about old jobs. And huh. I always dream about new things, like That's being funny. anxious about what's coming next. He's mm-hmm. always dreaming in past tense, and I'm always dreaming in future tense, which maybe goes along with the pitta kapha mm-hmm. personality. But it's like, whoa, dude, you live in the past <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, I have a lot of family people in my dreams. Do you usually pull your family into your dreams? Family and, you know, co-workers. I tend mm-hmm. to dream about co-workers a lot. And I find that, the, you know, as far as our children go, the child I'm worrying the most about, they're usually in my dreams. They're always happy in my dreams, but they're generally in my dreams or I'm trying to make them do something I want, but I do that life anyway. <laughs> right. So the interesting piece to the transition of or the relationship between dreams and the third eye, like, right, dream is our our nighttime subconscious, whereas our third eye is our more daytime intuition. And how how closely related they are, the only difference is that our third eye is a little bit more sensory involved because generally maybe our eyes are open and we have this, whoa, that was crazy feeling, or that our eyes are closed and we're in meditation, but we're still cognitively aware. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't want to say it's similar to daydream versus
versus night dream, but it's very close to your cognitive awareness to daydreaming. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's being able to see it and interpret it. Whereas in our dreams at night, sometimes it's so hard for us to recall the details Mm -hmm. that that interpretation is slightly skewed, right? Because we Mm -hmm. can't remember all the details. But it is also closely related to psychic phenomena, which some people are like, oh, right, sure. Like you can predict the future. You know, there's a lot that's telling about that. Like you said, that very common thread. And if you spend time actually looking at that common thread, it can tell you a lot. Mm-hmm. It really can. And how to connect the two, right? That sleep state versus that day state. So we mm-hmm. could make it like triple action if we were to wake up from our dreams, journal them really quick, sit down in meditation and try and get the answer to them and then journal again what answer we got from our day meditation of our sleep dream, right? <gasps> Let's do a whole workshop on that. Wouldn't hey, it listeners, be fun? Who wants to go? I'm like, right? <laughs> Wouldn't it be a blast? And we could have amethyst malas that we all make together. We could do all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> well, it's but- funny because I do want to, when we do part two, talk about a couple of the dreams I've had lately and mm-hmm. the downloads that I've received and then the information that I pulled out of my dream books that I'm going to share with you later. But let's press on. Well, you know, there is a connection between REM sleep and dreaming. Our rapid eye movement, REM sleep, occurs the first time after you've been asleep about an hour to an hour and a half. And then it occurs every hour and a half to two hours after that. And in other stages of our sleep, our brain waves slow down. And during sleep, that deep sleep, our overall brain activity activity slows a lot. And that's the time when our body can go in and repair the muscles and the bones and kind of boost our immune system. And in REM sleep, our brain activity heightens and the brain waves look almost like they do when you're awake. So sometimes when I wake up feeling exhausted, because my brain waves are about the same way they are when I'm awake. And most of our dreaming does occur during this, though some of it can occur during the non-REM sleep. But, you know, a lot of people believe that the REM sleep has a pivotal role in the processing of emotion waking life experiences and that they pay a huge part in transforming recent experiences into long-term memories and that can help regulate our moods. That's so wild, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about how much is going on, like first of all, I'm fascinated by sleep in general, and maybe we need to do a sleep episode Mm -hmm. in the quality of your sleep and the phenomena of a watch recording your sleep. And I always think about the sleep study that they did on, you know, my son Brody when he was about this big and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the fascination of what's happening in the brain. And, you know, you see it in the movie where they put the helmet on with all these nodes or just how fantastic it is to think about the stages that happen while all a person is sleeping in terms of, you know, health and wellness, rest and digest and what's happening in the autonomic nervous system. And then the fact that the brain just kicks in and says, hey, let's play for a little while (laughs) in between times, you know, like, let's just take this person down a dream. Like, I always go back to my my random thoughts of why would why would God think dreams were important, Mm -hmm. you know, when he's making the human body? And and I I use the term God loosely. It's like how the creation creator, whatever that mm-hmm. creator is. Well, I do. I like the idea of it being a data dump because I think he n- knows how 
our brain, I say he loosely because he, she, whatever. I always think of God as a he. I do think that our body knows that it has to have time to get rid of all the shit that's running around in our head. I mean, before we got on here today, I was all worked up about stuff. And I know I will be dreaming a lot tonight because I just had a lot going on. But you know something that's interesting, Tanya? Edward and I have a mattress that's probably 10 years old. It's on its last legs. And I really have more anxious, anxiety type dreams at home. And they're not not like scary, like I'm running, but I always wake up just anxious. When we were in Lake Toxaway, North Carolina last week, the bed there had a, a pillow top topper. And I still had the same type dreams, but I didn't wake up stressed and anxious. I woke up so rested and relaxed because I felt good. My body felt good. I still dreamed about the same scenarios, but I wasn't anxious and stressed. Sure. And so I do wonder, I would love to do an episode where we talk more about quality of sleep 100%. because I've, I'm going to buy a mattress topper. Edward just said, no, it's going to appear one day and he's going to be like, what are we going to do? Here's the thing, <laughs> like quality of sleep matters, right? Yeah, because poor quality of sleep is going to keep you in REM time more mm. and your body is not getting adequate time to do what it needs to do to reset. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't just happen if you have a crap mattress. It also happens if you're working nights and trying to sleep days. It also happens if you're, you know, suffering post-surgical or during chemo and you're not sleeping solidly, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're interrupted by XYZ or you're a young mother with a baby that's waking up during the night. Like quality of sleep matters to your health, but it also matters to your level of anxiousness and your emotional state, which is kind of what you're talking about in how it's amazing how much information we can pull from our dreams mm -hmm. that reflects how is our health right now? How are we doing emotionally, spiritually? Because that is, it's like the one tells us a little bit about the other, but then the other tells us clearly that we're not sleeping and we're going to have crazy dreams. So it's like the both tell us a little bit about how the other is going to act. Mm -hmm. yep, yeah, for sure. You know, the brain processes the emotional experiences during this REM sleep kind of considers this time a safe environment. And REM sleep's the only time that our brain is free of that anxiety triggering mo molecule, noradrenaline. And any processing that happens during this time kind of takes that emotional edge off of difficult memories. And it helps to defuse the impact of feelings that may have come up that you did not want to look at during the day that you wanted to pack in your little backpack of stress and worries. But there are some ways that dreaming can help lower stress. It can help you process upsetting memories because it allows you to work through those upsetting memories in a safe, calm environment. And that helps reduce the mental and emotional stress. It can help you prepare, prepare for challenges. Boy, my lips just don't work today. <laughs> 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 dreaming may uh, anyway dreaming can help you prepare for challenges because when you dream your brain generates scenarios and it simulates events that you might enc encounter in real life it's kind of like if you like go on a run when you're preparing for a marathon this is kind of your brain's way of preparing for challenges before they occur or during the time that they're occurring and yeah, if and if you're uh, you can keep going but if you're like me usually you dream all the worst case possible <laughs> scenarios. And so when it really happens and it's not as terrible as you dreamt it was going to be, it's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, it can also help alleviate depression. Uh, it can help people that uh, if you do a dream journal and people really write these down and they become better at recalling their dreams, they're mo more likely to recover from depression and anxiety. They will end up having better sweet sleep quality because of dream recall. And it just kind of overall helps reduce their stress. The chances of dream recall after awakening, awakening are about 80 to 90% in REM sleep and less than 50% in other stages and almost zero in deep or slow wave sleep. Yeah, I thought that was sure. pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Which makes complete sense though, because you're already disrupted and you're more mm -hmm. likely to think about it. But it's like the worst thing ever. You go to bed and you're like, oh, and me, I'm like a list maker. I'm like, oh, tomorrow morning you need to remember X, Y, and Z. And so I create a new mnemonic for x y and z and then you wake up in the morning and i'm like i remember x and y or i remember <laughs> y and z i yeah. did never remember all three mm -hmm. and it's the same the same scenario right but when it comes to, for dream recall i think it's important for us to bring up dream anchoring that you mm -hmm. had told us about you know having something to look at when you wake up and be like in your mind mm -hmm. i'm going to look at this thing i'm going to recall my dream if you will explain the dream anchoring i think that that's such a critical piece for helping people learn how to recall mm -hmm. their dreams. Yeah, I have a hand-blown glass um, heart. And it's got red and white. Um, it's real pretty. I, I, sh I need to remember to take a picture of it for this episode. That's sitting right beside my bed. So when I am being very mindful and trying to recall my dreams, and most of the time I don't write them out because if I take the time to really write it out, I lose it before I can get it written out. So I usually use my voice memo on my phone to speak it into it. But if I don't look at my little glass heart before I go to sleep, and go, I'm, as soon as I see this in the morning, I'm going to remember my dream. I'm going to remember my dream. That And that's my dream. And if I wake up, I don't look at that fairly quickly, then sometimes I do lose my dream. But having that dream anchor that I've told myself I'll remember my dream when I see that, it helps tremendously to keep you with that dream recall. And it's, it's pretty powerful. I mean, and it is, it's almost just kind of fun yeah. to, you know, some of my dreams don't make any sense at all and some do. I'm kind of curious. You said you were going to share some of your dreams with us. Uh, in part two. Oh, when in we part talk about two. Dream analysis. Yeah. Um, Only you know, because so I don't, I don't want to spoil what we're going to talk about. <laughs> dream analysis. But I do also think it's important for us to light upon that discussion about journaling. And I know that you use the example of like a voice to text, especially for, you know, people who maybe are rushing around in the morning and don't have time for their morning meditation or morning journaling that they do that later in the evening. So at least having a voice memo to remind you mm -hmm. of what that dream was. But mm -hmm. the other thing is, is part of like my morning routine when I roll in bed is to have a little bit of morning time where I do my like laying down in bed and I do my, we'll say turning on my Reiki and I spend a little bit of time doing my morning Ayurveda routine. Mm -hmm. But that's a good time while I'm doing that to have a moment of recall of my dreams and mm -hmm. see if there was any pertinent information 
information that I need to be paying attention to for the day. Mm -hmm. And it's really curious sometimes how clearly accurate it is. And yeah, so yeah. Yeah, It is amazing when you can put the pieces together and you see it and you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this made sense. There's a few things that you can do to ensure that you're that you can have a high quality of uh, sleep and be in a dream state. And one is we kind of touched on this a little bit. It's to upgrade your sleep hygiene and that helps promote a good quality of sleep and it reduces the likelihood of nightmares, which we didn't even touch on nightmares, but you want a comfortable sleep environment. You generally want to keep your bedroom cool and dark and avoid electronics in the bedroom. In fact, I was going to ask you if you still are be- electronic free. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. The only time that I swayed from that was when Abby was induced on the Wednesday night. I kept my Mm -hmm. phone in my room. So upgrade the sleep hygiene, follow a consistent bedtime routine. And this really is crucial. You know, I do that now and that does help a lot. But in the past, you know, it was all over the place. So I do try to keep within about a 30 minutes of going to when I go to bed. If you journal before you go to bed, that's very helpful. Writing down your thoughts and feelings before bed can help you process any stress, any anxiety from the day. And that does help reduce any chance of having nightmares or any kind of ex- anxiety or stress dreams, but it, and it's a helpful way to get rid of just negative emotions as a whole. So you have more restful sleep. If you control your diet and your caffeine intake in the evenings, because a heavy meal or caffeine, that really can disrupt your sleep. And that uh, also increases the likelihood of nightmares or anxiety and stress. And then adequately hydrating because dehydration has a deep impact on your sleep quality and you want to stay hydrated throughout the day. Now, one thing that I really want, and I just, the only reason I haven't gotten one was, well, it's $299. So that's another reason, but I really want one of the aura rings and it's O-U-R-A, but I don't know what size, you know? So I, and I think, well, I don't even know what hand I would wear it on, which finger I'd wear it on, but it does, it tracks all kinds of things, but it tracks the different stages of your sleep and their behaviors. It has biometrics to help you understand and improve your sleep and your dream quality. I just think it sounds pretty amazing. It sounds like a cool idea. I think it would stress my fingers out just because my fingers can change size and or, mm-hmm. you know, as much as I try very hard to keep my hands flat, a lot of times I'll curl my fingers up under my chin. and Like, like I'm doing right now. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> I wouldn't love the idea of the ring, but I get the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. The other thing I wanted to bring up before we depart is, you know, really trying to work on the intelligence of like, you know, dream quality, especially, you know, sometimes when you wake up from a dream and you're like, oh, no, 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 I want to fall back into that dream. That was a good Mm -hmm. dream. Like, right. And or the need to be present of mind enough to wake yourself from a dream you don't want to be in because you can, you know, and literally like say it out. And I'll use this in my example on the on the next podcast because I have a prime example of it. But one more thing in terms of help with quality of sleep is adding valerian root to your Mm -hmm. nighttime routine with tea. I have just recently started using or using again doTERRA's Serenity products because now they have two new Serenity bedtime products and I love them. I've used Mm. them for two nights and I used to take melatonin. I'm not taking melatonin anymore and I have slept hard enough both nights.
nights that I haven't even gotten up to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. nothing. And I'm like, what in the heck? <laughs> because usually I'm the awake all hours of the night person. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is juniper berry on the cheeks. That's a big one to help with nightmares. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. I do love the serenity and I just rub it on the back of my neck and it will just send me to la la land. Well, now they have a stick that's serenity and valerian root and you, <gasps> it tells you to rub it on your wrists, the back of your neck and the bottom of your feet. Wow. Sleepy hmm. sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice because that's not addictive. I mean, I know taking too much melatonin because our body naturally produces melatonin. So when we take melatonin a lot, that kind of inhibits our natural production of melatonin. So something like valerian root, because they even have the sleepy time teas now have valerian root in them as well. But using some of the things from doTERRA or other places that you can get stuff like that, much healthier for you than messing with something that naturally occurs in your body. 100%. Lovely. Mm -hmm. So guys, we did not get through even half the stuff we have and we knew that was going to happen. So we're going to have a part two and that'll be next week. So tune back in and happy dreaming. (laughs) Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.